Welcome back to P3, Purpose, Passion, and Power. I'm your host, Melissa Bradfield with Coaching with Melissa. And I want to thank you for listening to the second episode. And I want to apologize again this episode for any technical difficulties that may exist we may experience in the future of this episode, being as that it's my second time and I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. So today's episode is triggers and how to have less of them. I thought this would be a good time of year to launch an episode about triggers because family time has a tendency to be a big trigger for a lot of us. And it can be challenging to navigate through the holidays with family members that make it difficult for you um, to communicate with or have fun around. So first off, what is a trigger? So triggers show up in various levels. From really minor to really intense. And it doesn't have to mean that the event is a big thing or a little thing. Those two things don't necessarily correspond. What could happen is if you're driving down the parking lot at the mall And if your mall happens to be super busy this time of year and somebody in front of you or somebody swoops in and takes that last parking spot and you fly off the handle, that is a trigger that might rate a little higher on the intensity scale, but it could be an overreaction to the actual event that initiated the trigger in the first place. And then the rest of it we'll get to later in this podcast. So that's what I mean by the event of the trigger may not necessarily match the intensity of the trigger itself, if that makes sense. So what is a trigger? We experience a reaction, a response in our bodies that happens involuntarily. So maybe you see a post on Facebook or social media. And I'm sure that most of you have experienced this, especially in the last, I don't know, 10 years and more so recently, where somebody makes a comment or a post on Facebook that just turns your gut. And you either react to the post by responding and starting this social media war, or you just maybe block that person, you delete the post off of your feed, whatever it is that you do, the feeling of your body, how it tensed up to let you know that something isn't right, that's a trigger. Triggers can happen usually from a negative event, but not always. Sometimes it could be from a good event, something that's supposed to be fun, exciting, pleasurable, but our body will react to that and turn it into a trigger. 
So don't get confused with, well, my body feels like that, but I don't know why it was happening because I was having sex with my awesome boyfriend. Your body was telling you that something wasn't right for you in that particular moment when you were having sex with your awesome boyfriend. It doesn't mean your boyfriend isn't awesome. And it doesn't mean that having pleasurable experiences with your boyfriend is bad or wrong. What it means is that your body is remembering something from some time in your life that is letting you know that something bad is happening, whether or not that threat still exists. Your body can't tell the difference between when the threat was happening initially or today when the event or the 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 um the risk is no longer an issue so that's a trigger okay for me i've been triggered well i guess just like everybody else right in all different ways um most frequently it is social media triggers the news um I have a lot of triggers around COVID and the way of the world, which I'm sure I'm not alone. So those are really easy to identify. What about the times when you're having a great conversation with your friend and they tell you this really exciting news that they are really looking forward to the future when they get a move out of state because they've always wanted to live in this other state. And all of a sudden you find yourself having to fake excitement because your gut is turning and your body is tensing and you're like, what? You want to move away from me? Why? I'm awesome. So those triggers can be a lot harder to figure out. Um, what causes a trigger? So there's a lot of different causes and we've got two factors of causes. We have what causes our body to respond. And then we have the outside influence that creates the trigger in the first place. So there's there's these two separate lanes that V into you, that connect and intersect into your experience. So the outside event can pretty easily be identified most of the time. When somebody cuts you off in the parking lot, when you spill your coffee on this paper that you had to do for work or school, when your partner got the wrong brand of coffee when they went to the grocery store, or you place your own experience that really irks you, right? Or that causes your body to tense up. Then we have the original cause that our body is holding on to that makes us feel the way we do when those outside influences occur. So often that cause happens 
or it originates from an experience we had at some point in our life. Now, this experience can happen at any point from birth to present. And you may or may not remember or recall what it is. For some of you who have experienced severe traumatic experiences through sexual abuse or assault, it is common for there to be a disconnect between you and that event because it was your body's way of protecting you as the event was occurring, which may push that memory way down deep and locked away and you could completely forget about it, especially if that threat has been removed from your life. However, if you haven't processed that information in a way that is healthy for you, it will manifest itself in causing triggers in the future. For example, if you are somebody that has been triggered by a sexual act from a partner that is completely out of the blue for you, it is possible that there was an experience that you had at some point in your life from zero to present that was life-threatening in the sense that your body needed to protect you to save you from what was occurring at that time and you disassociated yourself from that experience and you locked it away, which was the right thing to do in that moment. And now it's coming up because something that your partner is doing is triggering that locked memory or emotion and your body is responding to it. So you're being triggered by it. That's a really severe example of a trigger. A really light example of a trigger maybe is you spilled your parents' coffee on your homework one day when you were in third grade and your teacher made you sit in front of the class or spend the day outside or you had to sit in the principal's office and now that you spilled your coffee on your college paper or this report that you had to do for work, your body instantly remembers the trouble that you were in before and gets triggered in response to that act in an attempt to let you know that something's not right. Other triggers that are a little bit harder to maybe figure out are when you're having conversations with people that you are close to people that you care about, whether they're family or friends or neighbors, but people that mean a lot to you. And all of a sudden you notice that your body doesn't feel right. And you have this really strange emotion, tension that you feel is related, but you can't, you don't know why. They're not saying anything that should make you feel this way. They're not doing anything. You haven't done anything. But your body is reacting in a way that doesn't make sense, that doesn't feel good. 
And it is really, really important to have the level of awareness to recognize that the body is responding that way because it's your body's way of saying, hey, 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 I'm here. Something's not right. Something's happening and I don't like it. Okay. Now, these are all kind of tied into why we get triggers in the first place. Okay. So, again, from zero, from birth to now, we experience a whole slew of life, right? From all different corners, all different beliefs. We all have some shared experiences and some not shared experiences. Everybody's on this earth with a different trajectory. No two people have experienced exactly the same thing. And this even goes for twins born and raised in the same house. No two people have exactly the same experience. So we all have these events that happen throughout our life. Some we remember and some we don't. And the body will hold on to all of that and remember all of that in an attempt to protect you from events like that from happening again. The idea is that our body is remembering what's happening so that it doesn't happen again, so that it's better prepared if it does happen again. And, and I'll say this again, the problem is that our body, our muscles, our cells, they don't realize that the potential threat may not even be valid anymore. Let's say you were raised in a household with a step parent who beat the shit out of you. And your bio parent finally was like, you need to get the hell out. That person gets arrested. They're in jail. No longer a threat. But 20 years later, you're in this situation where your current partner maybe raises a hand for whatever reason, and you instantly go into this trigger response because your body is remembering what it was like and trying to protect you from that event, even if your partner current partner had zero intentions of doing anything. They were just frustrated. Maybe they were going to hit a wall. Okay. So we have triggers because it is the body's way of telling you that something is wrong and needs to be addressed. It is a whole lot easier said than done because it's not ever so superficial on the top. It's like an onion that's got to be peeled and peeled and peeled and peeled. Can you avoid triggers? No, I'm sorry. If you're a human being living on planet Earth in the state of the world that exists for as long as it has, you will be a person 
who will always experience triggers. The goal, of course, is to have less of them, but they will not ever go away because as we experience our life, although we may learn how to handle these triggers and manage them better, life still brings into our experience new things that will uncover other emotions. It's an ongoing thing. But the goal, again, is that we have less of them. Okay. What should you do when a trigger happens? Well, the first thing is becoming aware of it. Last episode, we talked about awareness and conscious awareness and how that plays a role in our day-to-day life. This is part of that. If you have the ability to be aware of what your body is doing, you can then recognize that as a sign that something is wrong and take a breath and step back. Typically what happens is we live our life completely unaware of our mind, of our body, but hopefully all of you listeners paid attention to episode one and started practicing what it means to have conscious awareness, to be aware of how your body feels, what your mind is doing, what your senses are doing as they experience the world. Because the more you're able to do that, the more you're able to identify when a trigger is occurring, and then you have the ability to address it. So what should you do when a trigger happens? If you can first become aware of the fact that it's happening, that's the goal. First become aware that it's happening in the first place. Once you've identified that your body is being triggered, give yourself permission to take a step back. Because if you don't, you're going to go into reaction mode instead of response mode. And reaction mode is an is a emotionally charged reaction that does not usually give us the results that we want. So if you can have the awareness to recognize that the trigger is happening, give yourself permission to hit the pause button, step back, hold on. Recognize that there's something wrong, giving you the opportunity to respond instead of react. The more and more you can do that, the less and less you will need to do that because the triggers will, won't be happening as much. So will those triggers ever just go away? No. I said that earlier, we are human beings living on planet Earth, and for as long as we are alive, we will experience triggers. Maybe some of them will be lower on the severity scale, probably, as we go on, but they will always be a part of our life. However, the natural progression of healing is having less and less triggers. What I want to do now is go back to what should I do when a trigger happens. So we talked about the first step of becoming aware, recognizing that your body is doing whatever it's doing to let you know that something is not right. 
Then you give yourself permission to take a step back, hit the pause button. Okay, now during this pause reflection portion, this could take minutes to hours to sometimes days. But during your pause moment, the goal is to figure out why that event just triggered you. I'm going to give you an example. A couple months ago, well, more than a couple months ago now, my soul sister told me how excited she and her husband are to move to Portland one day that they just feel that Portland, Oregon is their home. Their energy matches, their vibe matches, they feel so amazing. The culture up there is totally them and they're super excited. So they've got this amazing plan that they're going to move there in the next four years. I, my body (laughs) triggered, like what? I was trying to fake happy, but I doubt I was pulling it off. And I couldn't understand why. I mean, it's not like it's that far away. It's two hours, a drive. I've done longer for less. So I had to sit after we had this conversation And figure out why I was so bothered by it. Why did my cells and my muscles react the way that they did? And my process is to talk out loud. I have a way of talking to myself that is Melissa. Why did that bother you? I don't know. Something weird about it. And I keep going and I go and I go until eventually I hit the point that causes me to have an emotional response. I know it's a response because I've given myself permission to reflect on the event and the circumstances. It is not a reaction. It is a response. For me, my response typically in these situations is I cry. Once I've hit that bottom layer and I figure out what it is that has triggered me, I cry. In this particular situation, what it came down to, what it boiled down to was I had a feeling of being irrelevant. If she sells the business that I sold to her that I built with her and moves away all of this work that I've done for this business that is now hers I have nothing to do with it and her daughters who are like nieces to me I feel irrelevant it makes me feel like everything I've done is for nothing and I had to sit with that why would I feel irrelevant I know that it's not true. I know that I'm relevant. I'm relevant in her life and the girls' life. I love them like they are my family. 
We don't always see eye to eye. We don't always get along, but I will always be be there for them. So feeling irrelevant was my boiled down bottom line. And when that word popped into my head, I immediately started crying. And that's how I knew that I had reached the end. It took me about 20 minutes, 30 minutes maybe to get there, keeping in mind that I've had years of practice. So that same event might take somebody else a couple of days because we can't always just have 30 minutes of quiet alone time. We might need to process longer and that's totally fine. You take as much time as you need to get to that boil down bottom of the line. So once I figured out that I had this horrible sense of irrelevancy, I was able to talk to her and say, I am so sorry that I wasn't happier for you when you told me. I am super excited. I think that it's awesome. I had this horrible sense of feeling irrelevant in your life, and I don't want to feel irrelevant in your life. And of course, what did she do? She confirmed that I'm not, all of those things. And then we could move on. Trigger done, handled, healed. I don't know why I felt irrelevant. I don't know what experience I had from zero to that moment that caused me to hold on to that feeling of being irrelevant. But I did and I figured it out. And now it doesn't matter because I know that that feeling was wrong. It was no longer, it it, it wasn't protecting me anymore. Okay, because the harm, the risk of that feeling no longer exists. She just triggered it inside of me that made my body feel like this is harmful. This is a risky situation. Something is happening and this is this is happening. So you need to figure it out. And I did. And I addressed it. And it was confirmed that that feeling although it was a true feeling for me, doesn't hold water because I am relevant. So once you figure that out, you've healed that part of you. I've healed that part of me. And now I can move on knowing that I've gone through those steps to uncover the cause, the root cause of that trigger. And now... I can handle it even faster next time. And the trigger response or reaction that my body will have will be less until eventually there's less and less and less triggers that are occurring. Okay, so recap. One, do triggers happen for your whole life? Yes. Are they going to get less and less? Yes. Are there causes to triggers? Yeah, there's two causes, emotional trauma that has happened inside of your body from birth to present, and there are outside influences, two factors that you got to figure out. Triggers will never go away. They will always be a part of who we are. We just have the skills and ability with awareness to manage them better, to overcome them, to heal from them, and through this healing... This is self-healing. We have the opportunity for personal growth. 
You are smarter, wiser, more committed to yourself today than you were yesterday because that trigger happened and you figured it out. So way to go. I hope this helps. I'd love some comments, some feedback. Let me know what you think and we will see you next week. I hope everybody has a great holiday season this year and we'll see you in a week. Thanks. Bye.